Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 92. I'm your host, Brent Carrion, and today, in the midst of uh, an ever-worsening apocalypse as uh, society collapses all around us, I'm joined by Adam Sink. What up, bro? How you doing? What's up, everybody? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered, as the world kind of decays around us and everybody decides, you know what? Fuck masks. And everyone who isn't me. <laughs> well, so it's uh, pretty great. Yeah, there's that. There's there's always that. Uh, and uh, I'm also joined by Richie motherfucking Buzzkill. What up, player? Not much, man. I just uh, just watched some uh, some some uh, no, some guy named Bob and Doug like blast off on a rocket, and then uh, then I was thinking about Strange Brew, the Canadian comedy movie about beer <laughs> oh rick moranis <laughs> got a, yeah, got a yeah, reprieve yeah. from the yeah. apocalypse breaking down and then then i started thinking about that again so you know rick yeah. moranis used to be in movies and then he stopped being in movies yeah that is true that is true i you know what i wish i had a i wish i had a uh beer right now i uh am definitely thirsty for a beer but i'm like really busy after this so i can't have any beer until i'm fucking done being busy man it sucks uh, it does suck because I'm, I'm I'm actually drinking my last beer. So, <laughs> oh yeah, what, I'm drinking uh, a beer. Oh, you lucky so and sos. You guys are gonna have to be extra witty and handsome then. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, it's all order. Um. All right. Great. Well, uh, how have you cats been? You guys holding up all right in the uh, in the gaming world? Everything everything gaming quite right along. Yeah, going along. I got my Dark Ages game off the ground, and uh, you know, it's like it's now officially summer in Phoenix. We hit 112, oh, and it's Jesus just like Christ. no point in going outside anyway. So I might as well just stay inside and work on my pasty gamer physique and my flabby, unkempt gamer body. It is, uh, it is, it is game o'clock in Phoenix, man. It is game on. If that is, if that is your vibe, um. So, should we uh, jump right into the black hole? The black hole is the, uh, is the uh, pardon me, the, uh, the, the, the super dense mass into which all of our time, uh, attention, and money uh, is, is, is inexorably drawn. Um, it's role-playing. And uh, so, Richard, my friend, what have you been up to, man? What kind of, what kind of gaming have you been up to? Our, our buddy uh, Alberto was like super bummed that in the last episode there was uh, no black hole. So yeah, I saw better. that. I apologize for you know trying to be topical. <laughs> so, uh, so so hit me with the uh, with the black hole news, bro. What you got? So, so we're we're playing uh, hit the streets, defend the block. So everybody on here is is playing that right now. I think that's going pretty well. Um, I uh, I'm you know trying to make it like a comic book and only make six episodes first as a first trade or whatever and we'll see uh we'll see how it goes uh i finally got uh one of the players in and uh he didn't he he was complaining he didn't use his powers in the first episode so or first episode he was in so that's that was kind of funny but uh i sort of let him that's on him because i use my powers all the time that's true even when i didn't need to 
And then uh, I'm I'm playing like more game. I'm playing in four games right now. Well, three games yeah, right this now. Is, so this is so crazy. It's like I keep talking to all my gamer friends, and everybody's playing in so many games, like way more games than they ever were. Are they all online games? Yeah, they're all online games. Um, the one that uh, you guys don't know about because I'm playing in both your esoteric and the Dark Ages game. But oh I'm- yeah, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Rich is keeping secrets. It, it, it is. I'm playing a Trail of Cthulhu game with a bunch of my high school friends so mm. um we're playing is it set in your high school no or is it just, <laughs> that, that's ancillary to what's going on that's ancillary that's we we've been playing online games for like a good i don't know i feel like a decade it's probably been like six years or so we've been like hanging out on on slack and google hangouts and then playing uh, all sorts of uh, Cthulhu games, and then we we just we started uh, every Saturday is uh, Trail of Cthulhu. It's a nineteen nineteen uh, thirties setting, and we're uh, we're playing one of the modules uh, East something Eden. Um, it's one of the pre hmm. pre made modules from. Uh, I do not uh, have that one. Yeah. I was really hoping it was like focused on the New Deal, but unless that one is like part of the. Uh... There's a thing called the Final Revelation, and that's like a series of modules. You can like either link them or not link them, but I don't have the one you're talking about. Yeah. That's a great game, man. How's it going? How are you? How are you enjoying it? Um, I'm really enjoying uh, getting to you know play a character, uh, but you know there's a lot of people in this game because it's you know it's that online game. The, the game master, what up, uh, Showalter? Uh, he thought, oh, people would be you know because of you know, people schedule, they, they would be, we playing every week. We would, they, people will be dropping in and coming back. So we have like seven people in this game. Nice. <laughs> Is this on discord or zoom or what are you uh, using? So we're using zoom and roll 20. So, which is my preferred way of doing it. eternal lies. I, Sorry, that's the name of it. Oh, eternal lies. Mm, yeah, eternal lies. Oh, holy shit! That's that big fat one. That's that big fatty book. Yeah. So we just got, oh son of a bitch, dude. That's like the big. That's like the uh, masks of whatever. Yeah, that's like that for trail. It's like it's like it takes people years to get through it. Are you guys planning on doing the whole thing? Um, we're planning on going as far as we can. Like we just got through what I would call the second chapter. Um, really? How long have you been playing this? Uh, probably like, I don't know. God, has it been six weeks, maybe seven or eight weeks? I don't, I don't oh, know. Okay. So you put in some time. Yeah. It's every, some- every, every Saturday. So like, wow. and they're all on the East coast. So they're playing till midnight and I'm playing till like nine. So <laughs> dude, that's perfect. That yeah. is so perfect. Um, Wow, dude, I am really envious. That is so cool that you get to play that. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, wow, that's just like one of those, I mean, that's one of those big epic campaigns that, uh, you know, I mean, you'll be able to talk about that with like other people who have played through it because there's like a whole little sub-community, people who have played through Eternal Lies. I have the book. It's literally fatter than the core book. There's more material in Eternal Lies than there is in the core manual for Trail of Cthulhu. I'm not surprised. It we we I'm playing a a police detective, a female police detective in the 1930s. So I've got like a little you know. But I uh, the way we ended the last session, she she didn't uh, she didn't by the technical rules go crazy. But I think she's at least I'm gonna make her have some like problems with the way the she kind of dealt with the end of the last episode. 
Wow. So awesome, man. So that's that's kind of like I'm I'm not certain I can play that character again. So I'm just kind of like wow. It, nice. It, it's that it, it was that uh, much of a like shift in in the way she she was a very ups you know lawful person and she had to do something very not lawful to try and save some other party members so interesting but yeah what up everybody in the in the crew Noland I know you listen so and uh, Showalter so thank you thank you Richie's friends for uh, for listening to the show we do appreciate that um. You're, any, any friend of Richie's a friend of mine, so if you find yourself in Phoenix, let's have a beer or something, okay? Um, Adam, how about you, bud? I mean, well, I mean, last point, Richard, I'm very excited about your game. I can't wait to hear details about it in the future. Um, Absolutely. Adam, dude, you got that uh, vampire game going. Is that right, bud? I got the vampire game going. I had a couple full starts on some other games, but uh, Dark Ages I got going, so um, we had our session zero and then i was like cool everybody get me your backstories and your characters i had a session one so i can work on some stuff um i i had one uh, like a few days before the session actually started and then the rest of them all kind of filtered in either like the day before or the day of um and then uh not so much on the backstories either which is fine and what i expected but i put it out there just to kind of let people seed stuff in to uh, their characters if they wanted to. Um, and then it was like, okay, how does everyone know each other? We didn't really have a plan for that, so I kind of had to throw together something at the last minute with one of the characters saying, like, okay, cool, well, you've been tasked to go find some people to help do a thing. So these are the people that you found. Um, so you're doing uh, Transylvania Chronicles, right? This is And this is yes. your second tour on that, on that through that through that meaty, meaty campaign. Is that right? That's another legendary campaign. Log- it is. Legendary I haven't even... Been on. Started on Transylvania Chronicles. This is just the intro, like get everybody together and get them moving together piece. Uh, I haven't started on Transylvania Chronicles proper. Um, this is just to introduce people to the world and the characters in it and the setting and all of that. So eventually we'll be doing Transylvania Chronicles. Spoilers, I guess, if you didn't know that or you haven't or you've read it already. Um, but yeah, this is just kind of an intro adventure to get everybody moving in the same direction. So the first session was meeting their patron or the vampire who was offering to be their patron finding out what he wanted from them and it was basically just an awful lot of a lot as vampire tends to be an awful lot of talking everybody was just talking and there was uh i don't i don't even really know we rolled dice a couple times i think and richard can chime in if that's wrong but no we we definitely we definitely interface with the uh the uh willpower and uh, uh humanity <laughs> system so for oh, sure. right yeah because wow, there was a, right because that yeah the guy basically killed someone in front of them um nice good off to so the races had, yeah off to the races and yeah so we've got some characters they met their first vampire uh one of the players is already talking about diablerizing this vampire yeah, of course he is <laughs> they met the guy and he's already like, I think I just diablerized this guy. And I'm like, oh, oh, sure. Go for it. That's the thing you can do. Try it. Go, go ahead and try. You, mm-hmm. You're probably the first one. You, nobody ever probably thought of it before you. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. not a reason why he hasn't been diablerized. Right. You definitely shouldn't think too hard on that. Anyway. Yeah, you should definitely bite his neck and see what happens. But yeah, so uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a good, good game. Ran it over discord which was weird and it was kind of odd like trying to frame the space and set everything up because it's you're trying to run vampire and i'm used to being in like a darkened room with people where we can all kind of you know 
dress the part and sit around a table and have other, and you know, we're all sitting in at our tables or our wherevers. (laughs) So I tried to frame my area with at least some candles and, and some other stuff. And I turned the lights down, but the glow from my monitor was really bright. So it, it kind of ruined that effect. Um, but you know, this is all stuff we're learning. Uh, I think for next time I will probably get a backdrop that I can put up behind me. Oh, that'd be neat. Having to stare at like a blank wall, um, was definitely kind of off putting and I don't think really helped with the immersion. So I think I'll go get a backdrop that'll hang up behind me so that they'll at least look kind of setting appropriate. We'll see. Yeah. Like kind of build like a little set almost that you're kind of in. And then I I feel, I feel like these are probably going to kind of emerge the more we role play online Mm -hmm. as this thing continues that like people are going to get these little role playing kind of like almost like a video caster caves, you know, like, uh, and, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of them, you know, um, to see if we, if, if, if that becomes like an aspect of the, uh, like the expression or if, uh, you know, if it just ends up being a bunch of derps, like hanging out and hanging out with like Marvel posters in the background, you know? Right. Yeah. I definitely, I went on Amazon and tried to find some backdrops that were like a castle or like a castellated Abbey or something like that. And, you know, um, so that, and the problem is most of them are just like high fantasy and not really appropriate. It's like, no, I want like, I need like a Gothic, you know, you should hit up the homie, uh, Michael Collette because, um, that dude has one, it's like made of cloth and we hang mm-hmm. it up behind me when we play ravenous sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's the bomb. <laughs> it's like okay. really, it's really cool. It's really cool. I've, I've definitely been like, I've definitely been at his house kind of like stroking my chin being like, oh, I wonder where I could get one of those. Yeah, so, I'll have to ask him because cool or maybe he'll, maybe he'll hear this and he'll just hit me up and let me know where to get it. But yeah, I that was looking on rad. Amazon. I found the power a few. of communication. Yeah, and uh, uh, the homie Alberto was supposed to play, but he was intimidated, so he didn't he didn't come on. But he should he should join in and play because we got a couple other new players. Was he intimidated right by now. like I, by, he was intimidated by, by like the fact that we've been playing the system for so long and we know it so well. Um, ah, yeah, but it's like yeah, when was the last time you played Vampire? Dude, you probably forgot half of it, right? Yeah, seriously, I did. I, I there was stuff people were doing. They're like, oh, I want to do this. I was like, I'm saying you can do it. Yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Brandon, Brandon was talking about all this Kuldonic sorcery stuff. And I was like, man, I don't, I've never even interacted with Kuldonic sorcery when I played. I don't know what it does, you know? Like, he's always <laughs> like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm like, yeah, fine, do it. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> oh he's going to be that guy, huh? He's like, he's like, session one, I'm looking for the black hand agent in the city so I can join. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just he's, like, he's, Lord. he's in the Ordea League and he's one of the old clan and so is their patron. And so it's like, there's a. Oh, neat. Yeah, so there's I got the old clan Zimache thing going, and I just I wanted to have like as much conflict as possible. So I've got Tremere versus Zimache and old clan versus the mainstream <laughs> clan, and I've got uh, Arapod Venture versus Zimache, and there's like it's a whole big. Oh, wow. There's a lot of intrigue. There's plenty to do if you if you want to get lost in the weeds in that game. So cool, cool. That's great, man. That sounds real fun. I'll be uh, looking forward to hearing um, updates on that. Um, Should be good, and I got to bust out my super thick Transylvanian accent. That's like super fire, right, Richard? Oh, it was great. Uh, I really, you know, I thought it was perfect. Uh, <laughs> I think the uh, I I really enjoyed what you were doing. You, you know, I know you you say, oh, I don't remember this. You cover that really well, by the way. As all game masters have a good poker face, if they're uh, they're like, I don't remember that rule. All right, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> good at lying. Basically, you got to get real good at lying. So. 
Yeah. And, and uh, I I intentionally made my character like a relatively new vampire because uh, I haven't played vampire in forever. So and Dark Ages specifically, I think I might have only played a few times. Uh, but I, you know, it was it was great having my character squirm in his seat. That was uh, with his high humanity and uh, relative high humanity. And uh, I think everybody was squirming in their seat during that scene, which was uh pretty much what i wanted so that worked really well yeah that was that was pretty close to i mean it wasn't wasn't necessarily an x card thing for me but i could see a lot of people getting real close to such an idea Uh, right so but yeah that was that was it was good fun and i I was you know exploring my character because i you know it's hard for me to make a background for somebody that lived in the 13th century so it's it's just like hard for me to like get my head around that idea. So that's why I didn't really get in too deep into it other than like, yeah, he's a, a, a barber surgeon, like, and he was interested in death and that's why he got recruited to be a Cappadocian. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. And the backgrounds are not strictly necessary. So it's totally cool. Like I did, I just personally like them cause, um, they, as a GM, I like them because they give me, um, it's like handing me knives. So, uh, and I always appreciate that. Because they're things that I can use to spice the game up. Well, if you want to like just drop a knife in front of me and then I'll hand it back to you, I'm totally down with that too. So, all right, well, that's fine. I'm not too worried about it. There's there's plenty of stuff for you guys to to do, and there will be plenty of trouble for you guys to get in. So, I'm not worried about it. Right. So, what have you cool. been up to, Brendan? Cool. Yeah, you've been uh, running. Oh, sweet lord! Well, <clears throat> I actually took a couple weeks off of running because uh, I, I, you know, this is this is how my brain works. Is I was thinking to myself, well, we got a new episode coming up, and uh, they're going to ask me what I've been up to, and really the only thing I've been up to is playing in Richard's game and running my own game, and I don't want to go on there and say I've been running esoteric enterprises again and it's really great and you should look at it because it's like i've said that already so i was like i had this uh little outline for a um for a little osr game i had been kind of like playing around with in my head and over uh memorial day weekend i thought to myself you know what i'll just like real quick crush this game out i'll just like fucking just ride it real fast and so uh over the course of uh like about four days i uh I wrote uh, a game called uh, The Dark Elf Chronicles, which uh, <laughs> I have as sort of like a working title for um, for like release. Uh, it's a uh, uh, Dunkel Elfen Chronicon because it's always <laughs> it's always made me laugh when I would buy uh, Dark Elf boxes for Warhammer and say Dunkel Elfen on the side. I always thought that was the funniest fucking thing. Anyway, nice. so. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I wrote this thing real fast, and I sent it around to some friends to look at. Yeah, I got to put my notes into it. I do have notes, so. Uh, oh, okay, I that, well. I know that you had sent it to me, and you were like, read it, and, and I did read it, but I, I have to go back in and put notes. I didn't know you were actively, like, soliciting notey feedback, so. Oh, well, yeah, well, I mean, I don't want people just to read it. And, you know, it's, not like, it's not like I'm just like, oh, basket, my genius. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm when when I sent out C&C, I was like, read this and tell me how hilarious I am. And, and you know, so that was, that was my whole, I was just like, stroke my ego and make me feel pretty. <laughs> well, I, I sent it to Right, no one did it, so it's like, There's, damn it. There's there's been a number of people who have read it and put on some some well thought out notes and uh, I've made some changes and I was like uh, punched some stuff up and uh, it's my hope that if you're listening to this right now at this exact moment that you can go on um you can go on itch.io and you'll be able to just download the game 
it'll be there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally taking a break right now from laying it out in Adobe InDesign to, oh, right. uh, to do the, um, to do the podcast. And, um, so it should be over there on itch.io. I'm going to put it up for uh, pay what you want because it's not what you call like a complete game. Like you're really going to need like a couple like OSR books that probably have like it has some sort of like nitty gritty shit in it. Like stuff that like is just very tedious and like word consuming like oh equipment lists and the, the, the spells in it are only first and second level. Um, but uh, if you want more monsters, I highly recommend the uh, random esoteric creature generator or just downloading um, maze rats for like three bucks off of drive through and then using their uh, randomizer to make monsters to fight. But the conceit of the game is that, you know, you play dark elves in exile, right? And the, the book kind of presupposes that the exile is like a subterranean caverns or whatever, like you would have in D&D. Um, but you could have it be anywhere. Just, just the idea is, is that you're exiled, right? And, uh, your, your society is based kind of like on treachery and sorcery and covetousness. And you're kind of, you're, you're, you're people who have a hard time getting along with each other, much less anybody else. And it's a very kind of, you know, you're part of this, uh, sort of like overarching empire that has like spread out throughout your, the, wherever it is that you're exiled and kind of like put the other, um, beings that you've encountered, um, under your boot. And, um, the player characters all work for a house, all right, like a dark elf house, okay. And these these are little political bodies that kind of like intrigue against each other to like gain status in like whatever little city they live in, and then they have their own little agendas and stuff. But because you're loyal to this house, uh, you have like there's various patrons inside the house that um, will come to you and they'll be like, "Hey, I need you to do this fucking thing." And that fucking thing will be kind of like an adventure. You know, you can kind of go out maybe into the city and uh, and do the adventure there. Or you can go out into uh, like the quote unquote underdark type thing and do it there. Uh, it gives I think it gives the GM like a lot of leeway to uh, come up with weird different shit for you to do. Uh, it's not it's not just going to be like, a, oh, go get a spell book. Oh, you could do that. But, you know, you could have it be as bizarro and kind of gonzo as you want. Or you could have it be very, like, you know, grounded and very kind of traditional if you want. But, um, yeah, so uh, I, I went kind of nuts writing it. And uh, it was just like a lot of pages. So <clears throat> I'm actually breaking the first release up into two little books. The first one is called uh, Volume 1, uh, Nobles, Warriors, Sorcerers, and Lurkers, which is the four classes that come in that book and then uh volume two is going to be available next week and it's going to be called the dark city and that gives you uh it's basically just a uh like a menza baranzan-esque city generator it's just going to be like 20 pages of tables that will help you build a menza baranzan-esque city and uh let you you know have little adventures inside of it um like the people who I sent it to have been kind of like, huh, dark elves, huh? They're just like not dark elf people, but I got to say, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's a, I think it's a fun game. I think it's a fun idea. I think it's a neat idea. And, uh, yesterday I sat down and, uh, I actually rolled up a character and I rolled up a house because Richard to your point about like, Oh, the characters really should have a house. Uh, at the start of the adventure, I was like, you know what? You're right. I don't want to make it wait until the next book or whatever i'm gonna fucking put it in so i put it in right at the front and there's a series of cascading tables where you roll to see what your house is like and then 
you build your character. And I, dude, I made it. I thought I thought I made a sick little character. I was like, I'd play the fuck out of this. So you know, I mean, it passed that test. Yeah, I liked it. Um, the one thing I guess it since you're like wrapping it up and everything, so you probably don't need my feedback on the doc. Uh, no, I was no. trying to figure out how to make like an assassin type of character. Um, and I was like, well says the lurkers aren't really like they want to avoid violence and i was like that's the closest i guess i could get but like to me the idea of like a dark elf assassin is very iconic right sure um, i mean I so think that was that just one thing i was like i don't really know how to make an assassin in this and i really kind of want to make like an assassin and i'm not really sure how to do that oh i probably would just play the lurker i mean really my i was right. i was hoping to uh have like a big section on poisons so mm-hmm. Just like uh, be like, oh, I'm just gonna put some poison on my dagger. Right. And yeah, and that was the thing. I was like, times. Yeah, I just like, didn't know how to do it. I was like, eh, all right. That was my that was my one big thing. I want. I was like, that's the one big piece of feedback. I was like, assassins are cool. I think I think <laughs> that there's there's uh, enough kind of like blank spaces in it that GMs mm-hmm. will be able to use it as a toolkit. Okay. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, like uh, like I said, it'll be uh, it'll be free on itch and then uh the if you're a, a patron you'll just get it it'll just show up in your inbox or whatever if it doesn't right. show up in your inbox then go on to the patreon and it'll be there for you and you can download it for free um that's the, where i that's where i put cnc i don't know if anyone's yeah. ever even played that outside of us the the file that i'm making for it is like printer friendly so um i went and i bought some stock art and shit so uh i can make like a nice little zine for it eventually but um as of right now like I figure it's nobody wants to pay money for a fucking like half done game. And so uh, if you want to just come kick the tires on it and see what it's like being a dark elf in some kind of, you know, crazy gonzo city and uh, having having like weird, weird adventures that your, you know, shadowy masters kind of task you with, then uh, just come come do it and do the pay what you want thing. Like um, like and if, if that ends up being like a zero, 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 that's totally fine. Uh, just, you know play the game i'd be much i'd be much happier if you played the game than if you helped me buy the art that's that's really all that's really all what what do you think man richard you you've been you've been helping me bust my ass on this thing nobody's <laughs> written more about it or read more words on it than you have well I, I think it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting idea i think it's a great idea i think specifically my favorite idea is the fact that the noble kind of takes place of the jack of all trades from other stupid classes called bard uh and it it should be it, it is it is worth paying a, at least a, a few dollars just to get this noble class because I think once you start grokking that idea, you can use it in any game and have like a really much more interesting time than oh I play a lute and I'm I'm sexually active. <laughs> that is true, man. That is true. Bards bards are fucking lame. <laughs> exactly. So like. I think the idea of playing um, kind of a, a darker, I mean, we always play these darker games, but actually like leaning into it and being like, no, we are playing these dark characters who are, as you said, pieces of shit. And, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, like we we're trying to make our, our agendas, pu- pushing our agendas forward, pushing our house's agendas forward. Like, uh, I, I love the idea of having the house as a, as a way to like bind the characters together. These characters that it's like, I don't know if you guys ever tried to play an evil campaign of D and D back in the day. Yeah. Unfortunately I have. No, never. That's literally never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out really great. It was just, 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But having this framework of having a house and the city and all this to keep those kind of, I'm not saying they're all evil, but I'm just saying like, they're not good people, uh, to get, you know, together and, and, and interacting and having, I suspect there'll be, once you get rolling, there's definitely going to be like, there could be sessions where you just have like house drama, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for you to check out the doc because I actually programmed some of that into it where it's just like, uh, you know, I think, I think that you could end up doing st- a lot of stuff where there's like a lot of kind of like politicking and intriguing if you wanted to, if you wanted to make it about that, you could, or you could just make it like, like, oh, you go into the fucking guy's office and it's the same guy that always gives you adventures. And he's like, I need a, I need a mushroom. Go get it for me. You know, you could do that if you want, but like, you could also do like a lot of other things with it. If you, if you wanted to go in that direction also, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's. That's the that's the beauty of having a, a this interesting great environment is you can go either way you can go all all politics or all dungeon delving or like somewhere in the middle which is where yeah. I think this will be the best is somewhere in the middle between those so I agree dude hundred percent hundred percent well anyway I'm hoping that uh, people check that out and if you do check it out and you have um, feedback for me please just hit me up uh, full metal RPG official at gmail.com or come get me at the uh, recently reactivated uh, uh, full metal RPG Instagram at full metal RPG Instagram. I should be available on both of those. And uh, if you have thoughts, please, I'd love to hear them. Um, But in the meantime, we got actually a show to do with like topics and shit. We've just been sitting here hemming and hawing about our little personal project and crap. So uh, (laughs) I didn't realize. (laughs) Yeah. Boy. Um, I think I'll take this second and I will go ahead and uh, dedicate this uh, this episode to uh, one of our patrons since I was talking about the Patreon here just a second ago. Uh, uh, this episode is dedicated to uh, Brian Etheridge. Uh, thank you for your uh, pledge, my friend. We appreciate you and we appreciate everything that you do for the show. Uh, we appreciate all of our patrons, so uh, please keep helping us out with that. Please keep helping us keep the lights on uh we're uh using your patron dollars to pay bills on uh you know keeping this fucking thing rolling and we really do we really do appreciate your your help with that um always and uh also you know shout out to the homies at uh exalted funeral uh that place is still the shit i find myself on there all the time looking for great stuff to like you know play and to look at um you know, I mean, I don't know what I can say, which hasn't already been said, but if this is like your first episode, dude, go to exaltedfuturenal.com. I mean, here's the thing is like, I'm, I'm on, uh, I listen to like mud and blood and they're talking about exalted funeral. I listen to vintage RPG and they talk about exalted funeral. So, you know, they, as I predicted long ago, I think that they've, you know, far outstripped like our ability to increase their profile. But, uh, if for whatever reason you haven't heard of exalted funeral by County, you definitely should go over there and find some, uh, good, good role-playing books because that's where where they are at and we are um, super chuffed to be uh you know part of their part of their whole little enterprise like they've they they done grown up they done real yeah. well yeah we knew them back when we knew yeah, them back they're, when. Still, they're still back with us they're still backing us yeah no uh, shit God no bless shit. Them for that. And that's, that says everything that you need to know about uh matt who runs um exalted funeral is um he uh he's like a, he's a true homie he's a true G and he uh he uh despite the fact that that there's really nothing that we can do for them in terms of benefit um he always uh backs our play so so thank you to Exalted Funeral and thank you to Matt always <clears throat> all right so hey guys uh the subject of this episode is 
Cyberpunk 2020, the uh, the, the the good old role playing game, the uh, the soft back uh, eight and a half by eleven role playing game from our youth, uh, kind of like recently revitalized in terms of interest. Um, I figure, uh, Richard, I figure you probably got a lot that you want to say about Cyberpunk. Is that right? Uh, I do because it's pretty well, much my favorite old school game. Go for it, buddy. And Don't let me get in your way. Yeah, like, you have the floor. The floor is yours, Richard. So, I mean, this this game builds such a a, a I mean, we're, it's Cyberpunk twenty twenty is a, a role playing in the dark future. Cyberpunk. It's the first cyberpunk role playing game. It uh, it builds this interesting world of twenty twenty that really mirrors our current reality in this sort of weird. It, it really. <laughs> There's there's mm, stu- interesting there's interesting there's, take. there's there's so stuff in here that's like oh yeah no this I mean there's there's stuff in here that's super sci-fi that you flying cars and like uh, you know uh, laser weapons and all sorts of stuff that's like super sci-fi still so but it's it doesn't feel as retro future as I you know as I always kind of think of it as you know cyberpunk is a little bit retro future because it comes from the 80s so you have like the clunky metal stuff but like it 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 talks you know it's very much like front and center about like social you know the social strata has like separated out to where there's really nothing in the middle anymore and like you're you're uh trying to like you know score big and move up in the world but you know that usually ends up in backstabbing and I, I just it's it's uh our tell story in games published this uh in uh, 1991 90 1990 which is a follow-up to 20 cyberpunk 2013 uh it's so weird to say those years uh. yeah yeah it's definitely a uh um it was it was sort of a history at the future of the future at the time and now it's kind of uh the thing I love about this game is and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't age as well as other stuff, but the the world is so evocative and so like to me spot on that like I, I you know and I think Cyberpunk. I mean, I should think Gibson, but I actually think Cyberpunk 2020. So like, well, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because I really feel like the the I, I feel like they're kind of interchangeable, and I know that Gibson himself would probably like punch me in the face for saying that, but like. The game was very obviously attempting to really interface with the Gibson material, and it wanted you to be able to play the Gibson books on like a one-for-one way. That I think the early D and D kind of wanted you to be able to play the Appendix N material, right? Well, um, that, that's funny you mentioned that because I've heard in interviews that uh, Mike, uh, the guy, the designer, uh, Pondsmith, yeah, Pondsmith has said that he didn't read. Uh, Gibson until after he published 2013. Really? Which I was like, that is shocking because I'm not certain. I think he read some, some other writers that were probably playing off of Gibson pretty heavily, Uh, but like, I'm not, (laughs) I find that to be either, you know, sort of not either, either he forgot, he's forgotten what, what he did in the eighties or, which is totally likely (laughs) or, or, uh, it, it, it just like, it's it's he was just sipping in on the zeitgeist of this emerging uh genre and just didn't get to like 
Gibson. <laughs> Man, there's a book called True Names that is uh, considered to be like a seminal sort of like proto cyberpunk uh, book. I wish I could remember the name of the author. I can't remember it for the life of me, but it's it's uh it's kind of like a it's, it's again it's proto cyberpunk. Maybe the maybe the idea is that maybe one of the reasons that we feel like cyberpunk 2020 is so gibson-esque is because we played the games and then as we became like older and more sophisticated we went back and read the books you know because i certainly was not what you would call like a big gibson scholar when i first played cyberpunk 2020 you oh, know for saying? sure for sure like i had not read i don't think i had read any gibson when i started playing 2020 so. i mean i know that some of my friends had but um I hadn't, and so definitely when I sat down and started reading Gibson, like, for instance, this cover, like, I can't not mention the cover of the book, right? And the there's this dude, and he's got this cool-looking jacket. Like, if this jacket were for sale, like, at the store today, I would buy it. It doesn't it doesn't look dated or lame like at all. I think it's like fucking awesome. Now, there's this kind of like lame-looking like floating car behind him and like a kind of cheesy looking 80s chick that is pretty lame but like the rest of it is like is like spot on you know it's still very very cool you know yeah i mean the the that's sort of one of the one of uh, i mean i guess one of my issues is some of the art doesn't age very well i mean there's some really really Uh, sweet art in here but there's also some stuff like uh guys come on like we don't need it but it's it was you know it's essentially in the 80s so like it's <laughs> i'm not gonna give it a pass but i'm just gonna say that in its time like you know that's the art you were gonna get no matter what if you ask somebody to draw cyberpunk stuff so for, for for the i mean here's the thing one of the reasons why i haven't run a lot of cyberpunk 2020 in much in the last you know i don't know 10 15 20 years is, is the way that the book looks on the inside. And I think that that speaks to why this new edition that's getting ready to come out is so important, because I think that this game has a lot to say. There's a lot of breathing room for it to be really, really good. But when you hand this book to someone and you're like, hey, man, let's play fucking cyberpunk. It's going to be like the future, and you're going to be like fucking doing cool future crimes and shit. And they're like, whoa, look at this totally lame pencil drawing of like a naked lady or whatever. And you're just like, okay, this, you're right. This is terrible. This is, this is God awful, you know? Okay. So what about 2030? Cause you're, you're glossing over that. <laughs> Never existed. Doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I had, had a no- choice between handing someone a copy of cyberpunk 2020 or uh, handing someone a copy of Cyberpunk 2030, I'm doing 2020 every time. And if I'm given a choice between handing someone a copy of Cyberpunk 2030 or gargling razor blades in salt water, I'm gargling razor blades in salt water. Oh, well, like, I mean, it was, it was that just speaks to, that, that, that speaks to the point that I just made, which is that I haven't run this game in like fucking forever. Right. And, and there's like a reason, you know, I mean, and that's the reason these, the, the, the books don't hold up very well in a certain way. You know, you have to almost divorce yourself from the interior aesthetic in order to like get into the cyberpunk vibe, you know, it, it's crunchy and it's retro in a way that the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game is retro, right? Cause that's also a lot of sketchy pencil and pen and ink type of drawings. But don't you well, feel like it works better for TMNT? It does because of the source material, like Eastman and Laird, right? They weren't, or they, you know, the the TMNT stuff wasn't exactly polished. <laughs> I'll put it that right, way, right? And yeah. they were written on Daredevil, which was the Frank Miller Daredevil. Um, 
so to a point, yeah, it does. But I don't know. There's something kind of gritty and grimy about it that I like. I, I mean, I think, it's just a, I think it's just a product of the time. Like, I think, you know, there was no color books back then, right? I mean, right. And, and, and I was also discussing this with Ashley, and she was just – her whole thing was like, this, this thing is – difficult to interact with you know and i'm like well the, yeah the book the yeah rule set? yeah the rule set in the book and she's like i'm having a hard time reading it and it's like yeah it was <laughs> at a time when they didn't care about your experience right as a reader it was we're trying to deliver you an information payload in the densest way possible right so it's it's Is not it- like role-playing games are today Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of deliberately obtuse in a certain right. way. I thought that was an interesting take because I hadn't really thought of it that way because it was just something I grew up with. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's cyberpunk. Everybody knows it. And she's telling me I am having a hard time interacting with this. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, when I got the relaunched Star Wars first edition and I cracked that open, I remember flipping through it and going, oh, man, woof. They uh, they did not care if you had fun when you read this at all you know <laughs> well yeah. I, I think there is some fun to be had if you just start reading the quotes on the in the margins and, and above the titles like I, that's oh, sure. where a lot if of I the world building the stuff then fine right like if i want to do the marginalia then a lot of D books are fun too but at some point that's that's the side to the main course right that would be like me going to a restaurant and raving about the garlic mashed potatoes while there's this like steak in front of me that's overdone and like hard to dig into, you know what I mean? And and it's like hurting my teeth, but I'm like this this little thing on the side is amazing. I mean, I have to uh, agree with Adam's point here, which is that I mean, I I honestly, you know, confession time, I don't think I've ever read this book all the way through. I mean, it's just one of those kind of you know, I think that it's the kind of book that I've had on my bookshelf for years and years and sometimes i sell it and sometimes i buy it back and uh because i always want to be able to run in it run it run it or play in it if i if i need to you know but um like i usually just read the sections that i need to read i would never right. read this for fun i would well, ne- I mean, I, jesus lord D and i don't read all the spells right like if you sit down with cyberpunk 2020 and you read through all the weapons and cyberware options and you don't black out hit your head on the corner of the table and then spend a day like twitching on the floor good for you because yeah. i can't do that right like i i am incapable of doing that i will wake up with a nosebleed and probably talking in sumerian if i try <laughs> nice call back to uh to uh snow crash but uh um, yeah, exactly. Right, like that's and that's a Stevenson novel. Gibson's not the only cyberpunk guy. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, but so I don't think these books, like Dean, books of this time, were never designed to be read all the way through. Like you, it was it was a lot of like flip. It, it it's not well, you know, like it's not laid out to what we would say is a good layout nowadays. That's for damn sure. Like I'm not good. You know, like I've re- I've run. Uh, I ran like two concurrent campaigns, like about I don't know, I want to say like six or seven years ago. I was in Phoenix, but like I ran, I basically started with the same seed and ran two groups concurrently because that was just kind of the crazy shit I was doing. But like, I guess because I was like, I I I kind of like have consumed the the engine of this game, like the the core, you know stat plus skill plus die roll and then random bonuses if you need them or you would get them like i i, I guess i haven't uh 
yeah, I haven't really had to read it, but like in a, in a while. And, and I will admit that when I was rereading it for this episode, like I, I thought it was a weird, uh, weird, uh, uh, to like, you know, introduction to the game. And then all of a sudden you're going to be playing this. And then here's the, here's the character, uh, splats, right. The, the different, uh, classes, if you were roles as they call them, but like, they don't talk about the make, you know, the, they talk about the brief mechanic of what makes a, uh, a role. And then they go right into like, Oh, here, here's, uh, three paragraphs and a picture. I'm like super dense. Then like, wait, <laughs> where am I? And then, you know, I will, I will say that, but, uh, the life path system is probably one of my things that I've stolen the most of. So, <laughs> so you like the life path system, like, uh, and to, it's for, for our listeners who, who aren't aware of this, it's like, uh, the life path system is like a little, uh, character biography generator that you kind of like roll on and it, it has like little branching paths so that, you know, um, you know, you know, nothing, nothing, once you, once you've like got onto a, a certain path, nothing super weird happens. I don't think it's kind of like pretty well, it's, consistent. Well, stuff. it's every, every year you roll an, a, a different life event. So, and when you roll that life event, then you go roll on basically a, 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 a flow chart. <laughs> it's, this game has flow charts. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's really all you have charts. to say, but, um, it, to me, I, lo- I love that idea a lot, but I think it's so much more better implemented in Cyberpunk Red than it is here. Like it, it, that is a good leap forward. Where here, at least in the in the box set that I've got, here you're like every year you're rolling like, oh, I had a big win, big wins, big loss, and that, or I, where in Red you've got like basically one of each category. So then you just you roll on these charts, and then you have like you have one ex-girlfriend instead of six. Like if you just keep rolling the same thing. <laughs> but I know people with like six ex-girlfriends. Right. But how oh, are man. they all six of them? The same amount are, are the, cause what that's for is to generate st- hooks for the knives for the game master, to like stab you with. That's the, entire, right. that's, that's the, that's the point of the life pass system is to generate those backgrounds that you were missing and and it was quickly you know every character became this kind of like gave it like this background and and what you had to do after that as the game master is you would have to take all those backgrounds and like basically make a database of all these people that fucked up fucked them over they fucked over and right. figure out how but they came into the- got like six sex girlfriends you're just role playing like george Strait, right because he had that song all my exes live in texas you can just role play that character yeah, it would be great. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. It's a bunch of a bunch of angry people who want you dead. Exactly. Fantastic. So like uh do, do you have any like standout memories from this game, Richard? Like what are your what's your big standout from from uh uh Cyberpunk? Any like heart heartwarming moments that that uh kind of like define the game for you? Um well, I I think for me like the the thing that I this was when I was running and I was this guy, it was, it was one of my players and he, it, well, I don't know if this heartwarming, but it's, it's the best cyberpunk ending <laughs> I've ever pulled off. It's probably, okay, it, go for it. probably frames me in the worst light, but basically this guy would not like, he was so excited to play, like super excited to play. And he, he, he pulled all the, like, I'm going to go in debt to the military 
to buy more cyberware. He tried, you know, he's playing a solo. It's like the most cliche cyberpunk character uh, player, you know, like I want all sure. the cyberware. He was getting it out of his system. He was doing the thing. Right. He's doing the thing, which is, which is great, but he wouldn't let me finish helping other people. And he's like, I, I want to know how to play. I want to know how to play. I'm like, okay, okay. So I just have this little scene where we learn combat, where he's like walking down the street. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. And th- this is the, this is the beginning note. And then the end note, that's where the real, so we're, he's walking down the street and some guy pulls his gun on him. He says, give me all your money. And we proceed to play that out. And he of course kills these gangers, right? So I proceed to have these gangers reappear at periods during this as like it, because they're like living in this neighborhood. I have them recur over and over again. And eventually they finish like this big mission that takes down this other, uh, they actually go, they were playing in the Atlanta sprawl and they went to the, the Coca-Cola corporation and like raided the Coca-Cola corporation to get some secret and to take them down. And they're at the after party at the club, right? Because one of the one of the uh, characters owned a club, and as you do, as you do, and uh, the gangers were in the corner, and they saw this character, and he, they're like, because they've had this back and forth, and he's like, and he like the ganger comes up to me and says, c- comes up to him and says, "Hey, you killed my brother. I'm going to kill you," and and basically like proceeds to being chased out of the club by all these. Like they basically call like the that scene in Crazy Bill, the crazy you know the crazy eighty eights, like all descend upon this guy, come out of the woodwork and start chasing this guy through the alley, and he had all this armor, so the only way you defeat that is with knives. So basically, he gets he gets killed by this gang, and then gets scraped up by the military uh, at the end. Like we're not finished with you. Like that to me is the most cyberpunk ending. Is is like all your yeah, sins yeah. come back on you at the very end. Yeah, that's great. No, I love it. it was how, how the player feel about it. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't think I ever talked to him after that. So, uh, oh, okay. but, but uh, I, I, I think, I think everybody was pretty happy with it, but like, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't really talk to that guy after. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like, it's a little bit uh Brian De Palma, right? A little bit uh Carlito's way, you yeah. know, like, yeah. uh, the, you know, Hey, remember me, Benny Blanco from the Bronx, you know? And then like, and then boom, it's a, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I generally find when people never talk to me again, that they're pretty happy with me so uh, right because every because because they just want to stay in that happy spot right they want to stay they want to end it on a high note they're like it's yeah. never going to get better than this i'm gonna i'm gonna walk away and then i'll always have the memories right well i, I was memories. just kind of done with that group actually so you're like you're like actually i uh i hated them all um, <laughs> not all of them just oh, like so two how, of them i actually burned their houses down uh, no no i didn't do that they were inside and i don't know if anyone made it out so how about you um you have any uh you have any memories from uh, cyberpunk 2020 Oh, I have so many memories of Cyberpunk 2020. Um, like, I ran it for a long time for the homie Ben Heiligman uh, and Ryan Durr. Um, oh, my God. And it was this long, like, involved campaign where they were going around. What I remember about that game is it just being completely broken and their characters being ridiculous. Yeah. And just <laughs> violence for for no reason. Like, they went to this place to get this to to do a thing, right? They had to go get the MacGuffin. Um and it was very rooted in like uh, the uh, mid 2000s because that was when I was running it. And a lot of what was going on with politically at that time 
which I won't like do too much digging into or anything, but they, they went to this Island to get this thing and they were coming back and they got extracted by submarine. And I just remember there was this moment where, uh, Durr's character was coming out of the submarine and I'm like, well, you're climbing up the ladder to get out the hatch. And he's like, okay. And I was like, captain's coming up too. And he's like, uh, he's behind me. Right. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I kick him in the head with my Corvette legs. (laughs) And for no possible reason, he just executes this guy because he can. This was the character that had the cyber enhanced super legs, right? Yeah, so Corvette, legs, always... Corvette legs that were super fast, right? They're designed to be to run fast, but he figured out that because you can translate speed to damage, you can actually do ridiculous damage just kicking. He didn't use guns, he just kicked everything. He was the kick he kicked everything. It was just what do you want to do in this I kick the thing. And he it's, would kick everything it's everything because because they're in that old that uh that sitcom community right they had this like running joke of uh like an 80s like uh uh cyborg franchise called kick puncher yeah are you guys familiar with with kick yeah 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 and i just remember when uh when that came on the show i just like fell over because they had somehow managed to like transmute Ryan's character into like this cheesy movie <laughs> franchise that would be like Van Damme esque. Like this. It would, it would start Jan Michael Vincent. Let's be clear. Punches. It would be Jan Michael Vincent and he would be the kick puncher. Anyway, oh, that's like the memory that is seared in my brain. It's just I kick the captain in the face and kill him. And I'm like, okay, he dies, but why? And <laughs> the whole thing ended with them doing all of these jobs and being very successful at them and then flying off in this hover car thing and it turning out that they were being set up as a terrorist cell because that was kind of what was going on at the time and they were using it as an excuse to kind of crack down on uh, cyberpunks in general because the whole idea is I was leading into cyber generation where it's like all of that stuff is really locked down and controlled and then blah 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 and so I was like oh yeah and this is the precipitating event you guys have now created cyber generation but uh, we never got around you were were just like you were just like saying that you'd rather like gargle razors than play cyberpunk 2030 but you were leading into cyber generation well, I was just, I was leading into the progression of the meta story arc. Like, I don't mm. know. Cyber Generation, I had fun with when I played it. I've never run it, but I had fun when I played it. It's a Ugh. weird, quirky little I, game. I, I played it one time and I would never play it again. I just don't think, I think I it's a terrible fucking idea. It. <laughs> just, I, think it's, I think it's just a god awful idea. I just it's don't. It's a weird idea. It I, for I, sure I, is a weird game. Yeah, like I, I can totally see wanting to play the next generation of characters like Star Trek, the next generation. But being like, <laughs> no, you're playing a kid. You're playing like a little guy. Yeah, you're getting like, into what? the Pat Oswalt bit now, right? Like, Where they like, talks fuck. about the prequels. Oh, you see Darth Vader is like a oh. little kid. There's that one character in RoboCop 3 that is like the little genius hacker child that like runs around hacking ED209s and shit. But like, do you really want to make a whole game about that? That's like What's a whole game. Cop 2 with the evil little kid? Well, there was, was an like evil little kid. Too. There was, you know, now that you mentioned that that one had an evil kid in it. Well, and then in Iron Man three, there was a little kid. It was like I a hacker, super one. genius kid. And then in Predator, how to hack. the new Predator, the Shane Black Predator, there was like an autistic little kid who was like a super hacker. And then wow. Anyway, yeah, the, the well, like, it's like you know, these are hackers, man. Spe- They're like speaking hacking of the hackers. 
Speaking Hacks of hacker, yeah, oh. you, like you know, ne- Johnny Lee Miller. Well, I was no, I was going to say like oh. the thing that everybody <laughs> complains about this game, and and not just because it's kind of you know the the layout and stuff is not as it's a little too dense. Oh yeah, we completely ignored everybody. The whole, oh what net running? Net running. Yeah. Everybody's going to ignore it. That's the that's the first rule of running one of these goddamn games. You don't do the net running. <laughs> Right, you hire somebody. <laughs> you never let a player play a net runner. You go, you hire a net runner, and he shows. Uh, this is the one that has the fucking crossword puzzles. Yeah, well, it's it's basically you're making a separate dungeon for that character. Essentially, right. that's the, yeah. it's exactly that. It's not even like pretending to be a like a, a installation. It's basically a dungeon with monsters in it that like you're fighting with all these programs, and you've got it. That's made out of crossword puzzles. That made it, I think it actually says in the book. Yeah, it says, you could make. Hey, if you're having trouble making one, just go get a crossword puzzle. Right, but I, 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 I wanted to like say, well, yes, that's true, but also that the fact that like it's the thing that pretty much everybody ignores about this game is right. that, and it's probably the you know least used. And I, the, I was thinking about the only way I would ever run net running for one of these games is to uh, basically do it's a one-on-one game like it's a solo game it's not yeah you could do that it, it's not yeah. a uh, group because you basically as a netrunner have like 10 actions per one action to everybody else so like <laughs> oh god oh jesus Lord. imagine if in the matrix just at oh, one no. point they had just busted out a crossword and they were like neo yeah. do the you have to complete the new york times crossword puzzle and then you can take the red pill I think it's really that would have been pretty great. Yeah, it'd been much. They better. should do that. They should remake the Matrix, but add that in, my, sprinkle it in. Like well, my my big my big cyberpunk memory is is uh, is is similarly based on. I, I love how it's like three out of three is all going to be like based on <laughs> problematic players acting weird. <laughs> my mine is also um is also a weirdo, and it was. It was the, the homie Ben Bailey who used to be on the show. As as, as old, old time listeners may may remember, Ben he Bailey, loved, he loved fucking cyberpunk. I think he still does. But he does. Uh, the first game I ever played of it with him was um, he had this character. It was like uh, hats off to Ben Bailey for playing a female character in high school, and it wasn't just some like sex pot like fantasy character. For some reason, his character was a female, right? And he and he, and he, he he his character's name was Psycho Bitch, all right, okay. which is like a little bit weird. I think he had a T-shirt that said Psycho Bitch on it, which was also kind of weird. But but also in keeping with the art of the time, it seemed like it kind of worked. And you then could probably and then sell this, that T-shirt on Etsy right now and make a <laughs> mint too because people this, will buy it. This is and this is and this is Ben Bailey for you, okay. All right. He sits down. He crunches the numbers. He figures out that somehow um, he can afford four cyber arms. So he has four cyber arms, right? Then he <laughs> also figures out from X Men. Then he figures out that the best gun in the game is the sniper rifle. Okay. Now the sniper rifle in Cyberpunk apparently has no penalty for not using it for sniping. It's just the it just is mechanically the best gun. So his character has four sniper rifles and is just <laughs> walking around just blasting everybody. But I mean, it, it was just it was it was a character that made no sense that was completely perverse. That uh, I used to love sitting in game and watching him sputter and get angry whenever somebody would try to 
remove that character from the narrative to make the game like more cyberpunky. I think I'm, I, I'm absolutely certain there was some point where there was PVP combat versus Psycho Bitch, and she just kept walking backwards and shooting you with four sniper rifles. Um, <laughs> wow! But I mean, here it is, like fucking over twenty years later. I can't remember any of the other goddamn characters in those games, but I can remember that one. So, uh, here's to you. Ben Bailey, and here's to you, Cyberpunk 2020. You, here's to you, Psycho Bitch. Bastard. <laughs> yeah, no shit. The, my, my only other like, memory... Psycho Bitch. My, my only other memory of uh, Cyberpunk is another Ben Bailey story where he played a, a drug dealer uh, using the like you know the criminal archetype, and then there was some other slappy that we were playing with who like clearly didn't understand what Cyberpunk was, and they were playing the cop archetype, mm. and then in in session one, the cop attempted to arrest Ben Bailey, and I was just like, we were just like, we're done. We're not playing this game anymore. <laughs> this is literally the stupidest thing. Yeah, the fixer. Uh, he was playing a fixer. <laughs> the fixer, right, right, the fixer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cop is supposed like to be... Every time I've tried to run a Sabat game in, like, Vampire. Ugh. Good times. <laughs> not really. May they never come again. Why, why would you do that? Why would you play a cop in a cyberpunk game and then attempt to arrest the party? Yeah, that makes what do no you sense. Think, <laughs> what do you think the game is about? What you're do you, immersed what do you in your role you're playing. playing. You're like, I'm playing a cop, and clearly my cop is deep in this thing. Unreal. It, yeah, he should have been playing The Departed, but apparently he was playing... I have no idea. Like whatever. I, I, I'll say Even that like, we were probably like 17 at this point. We had no sense of sophistication and like, you know, we, there, there was a p- the potential to play like a really cool, like infiltrators and, you know, double blinds and blah, blah, blah type game that we were not taking because we were basically taking the path of this game is about shooting people and getting money. Right. Um, yeah. so anyway, so anybody else have anything they want to say about cyberpunk 2020, the, the first slash best cyberpunk game that there is. I mean, I still love it, even though you know we've we've broken down. You stoked for Red? You ready for Red uh, to come I, out? I am, and I'm. I was bummed that they're not gonna. It's not coming out in June. It's it's probably it's, so they've delayed it again. Um, I personally uh, no. can't. Is it vaporware? No, no, no. I've I've seen. I mean, we at least have a box set, so there's got to be something written somewhere. So. Oh jeez, <laughs> should we all go out and get the box set just in case this book never comes out? Is but, this one of those things? Uh, no, I, I think there. I think there's enough momentum behind the the idea, and they were like doing some sort of cyberpunk writing contest on their Twitter uh, the other day. So I'm assuming they're they're working on it, but also they're no no hurry because there's no stores to sell it in. <laughs> well, there's online sales. Yeah. They're missing out on those online sales, bro, and they're missing out on the uh, fucking Discord games we could all be running. We could all be playing Cyberpunk 2020 or 2077, I guess, in 2020 over the internet. And I mean, come on. on. Discord, that's pretty cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, what's more cyberpunk than that? I just can't wait for 2077 when a bunch of nerds on a hollow cast are going, well, no, 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 Cyberpunk 2077 came to pass and talking well, about there are games that they played before that and Lol. characters and digging into all that. That'll be pretty great. I mean, I'll be dead by then for a long time, clearly, but uh, I, I oh. think that'll be pretty great. Our, our intelligence will have been uploaded into uh, a, into a hollow matrix and we'll, we'll be able to go over to them and be like, listen here, 
meat flesh when I was your age. And since clearly I that won't that. happen. I mean, Elon Musk will be like a, a super intelligence that's dominating the planet or whatever next to the severed head of Donald Trump and Bill Gates. But we'll be dead. They're not going to bother to upload us. Oh, well, thank God. because yeah. What you just described sounds a lot shit. like hell. Yeah, I'm tired of this. This is pretty much hell already. Send me, I'm tired send of me this. to hell. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> well, I'm on done. that note, it's another great episode of Full Metal RPG, the uplifting role-playing <laughs> content podcast where you go to get great ideas and to hear completely not depressive opinions. Nihilism. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Check us out. Instagram. Check us out. Facebook. Uh, hit us up. Uh, Gmail. You got that Gmail earlier. That's uh, Full Metal RPG official at gmail.com or at full metal rpg on instagram and then there is the facebook uh uh group or it's not a group it's a page and you can go on there and you know we post up like links that are interesting to us um and uh thank you all for listening uh we look forward to you uh uh joining us again have a great night talk to police is a you go Fuck the police. 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 Police pull a nigga over, chance you might die. Fuck Kinglewood PD, they kill my nigga Fat Mike at rallies on Mother's Day. 2008, same shit back in '88, still going on today. Got me feeling like in WA, nigga with an attitude, got me feeling like Ice Cube. Born in the '80s. Most of my niggas crack babies It was fuck the police, it's a baby Yeah, that's how the streets rape me I know the police hate me Police started off doing slavery Black fists in the air yelling Cause I don't trust the police I don't call them, I don't need them, I don't fuck with police I'm from a city full of madness, no justice, no peace Don't get me wrong, all popos ain't crooked But it's the fucked up ones that make a nigga overlook it All I got for my protection is this 40 full of bullets And this heart full of pain, tell the pose to keep pushing up when I see them, I get nervous. They pull us over for nothing. Too aggressive. When they search us, they gon' make me load the Glock and get pulled over on purpose. He an asshole cop. I'm a bullet. I'm murking. It's a shame. These popos is worse than the enemy. Shooting people for nothing. Who's the real threat? Them or me? Them or us? We just tryna live while they live it up. Always tryna do some shit. Tell them they done did enough. Cause all they doing is making it worse. Everybody won't change. Try breaking the curse. I'ma preach it through the music. I'ma take them to church. We need some real street action. Fuck making the first. Let's get it. White and blue supposed to mean freedom, but it's the opposite every time I see him. Why is that? Cause I'm young and I'm black. Type of people handcuff you, then shoot you in the back. I can't watch the news cause I get so mad. Swear we need a revolution, fuck the color of a flag. And hopefully with this song we united. Fuck a peace rally to get hurt, we need a riot. We was just about to drop the album.
license, registration, proof of insurance, please. Yeah, and that's real shit. Otherwise, murder still be the crime they commit. Turn their license to kill to a fucking permit. And any time that it happen, they get off with the shit. That make me sick. I just might throw up. Just thinking about my little brother not growing up. Yeah, and that shit's so sick. Man, harassed by the cops, this the life we live. Killer. Used to call us monkeys, my youngest turning gorillas. Don't fuck with them niggas that hit the stand like they killer. Cocaine every line I spit, I serve this shit that's like a dealer. About to head to Dallas, cause them niggas ain't playing. Catch a cop slipping on the roof and get to spray him. Middle finger to the law, shit, all my lows be misbehaving. This ain't black like matters, nothing, none of this shit do be changing. Tired of the fucking, won't nobody smash back. Cop kill another black, just another hashtag. That's how it seems to us. Dr. King had a dream back then, posted let the street the ring to us. I'm on my mouth, to make shit right now. Nobody tell me shit right now. Yeah. Why this world keeps turning? Rest in peace to Outtown Stern. Wait a minute, I. Sweat my gang, mad cause we stacked. Mad cause we lacking. Pull up on the heart. Broad on the back, she the bad. I make the police mad. And I ain't saying all police bad. But for sure, all them bitches ain't good. I'm just saying why the white was in the hood. Don't come around if you really scared. Boy, keep your ass around the millionaire. It's crazy if you black, your feel wise. But shit, all the white spit your meal rice. It's time to make a change for the young. Raise our kids to get a bad and gun. It's just a job when it's said done. So say fuck the police, kinda dumb. Just think about it, nigga.